0: The Pied Piper of Hamlin. By Robert Browning, written around eighteen forty-two, read to you by Pratham Data. The Pied Piper of Hamlin is an interesting tale. Was not Robert Browning who told the story for the first time, but the Brothers Grimm. Around twelve eighty-four, the Brothers Grimm say something very similar happens. But nonetheless, it is a very dark tale, although it sounds like it's a children's story, It is a bit of a scary tale that talks about the reneging of some kind of a vow that the townspeople made and the comeuppance thereafter. Even Goethe, I wrote Faust, with sprinklings from the Pied Piper of Hamlin, so here we go. One. Hamlin's towns in Brunswick, by famous Hanover City, the river Weser, deep and wide, washes its wall on the southern side, a pleasanter spot you'd never espied, but when begins my ditty almost five hundred years ago. To see the townsfolk suffer so from vermin was a pity. Two, rats. They fought the dogs and killed the cats and bit the babies in the cradles and ate the cheeses out of the vats and licked the soup from the cook's own ladles. Split open the kegs of salted sprats made nests inside men's Sunday hats and even spoiled the women's chats by drowning the speaking with shrieking and squeaking in fifty different shops and flats. Three. At last the people in a body to the town hall came flocking. Tis a clear, cried they, our mares are noddy and as for a corporation shocking. To think we buy gowns lined with ermine For those that can't or won't determine What's best to rid us of our vermin You hope, because you're old and obese To find in the furry civic robe ease? Rouse upstairs, give your brains a-racking To find the remedy we're lacking Or sure as fate will send you packing At this the mayor and corporation quaked with a mighty consternation. Four. And ah, they sat in council. At length the mayor broke silence. For a gilder i my ermine gown cell, I wish I were a mile hence. It's easy to bid one rack one's brain. I'm sure my poor head aches again i've scratched it so and all in vain oh for a trap a trap a trap just as he said this what should hap at the chamber door but a gentle tap bless us cried the mayor what's that with the corporation as he sat looking little though wondrous fat no brighter was his eye, nor moist moister, than a too-long open tear. Safe when at noon his punch grew mutinous, for a plate of turtle-green and glutinous. Only a scraping of shoes on the mat, anything like the sound of a rat, makes my heart go a pat Five. Come in, the mare cried, looking bigger, and in did come the strangest figure. His queer long coat from heel to head Was half of yellow and half of red, And he himself was tall and thin, With sharp blue eyes, each like a pin. A light loose hair, yet saw the skin, No tuft on cheek, nor beard on chin. But lips where smiles went out and in, and there was no guessing his kith and kin. As nobody could enough admire the tall man and his quaint attire, Quoth one, It's as if my grand grandsire, Started up at the trump of doomstone, Had walked his way from his painted tombstone. Six, He advanced to the council table and, Please, your honours, said he, I'm able. By means of a secret charm to draw, all creatures living beneath the sun that creep or swim or fly or run. After me so as you never saw, and I chiefly use my charm on creatures that do people harm. The mole and toad and newton viper, and people called me the Pied Piper. And here they noticed round his neck a scarf of red and yellow stripe to match with his coat of the self-same check. And at the scarf's end hung a pipe and his fingers they noticed were ever straying as if impatient to be playing upon his pipe as low it tangled over his vesture so old fanned. Yet, said he, poor Piper as I am, in tartary I freed the cham. Last June, from his huge swarm of gnats, I eased in Asia the nizam of a monstrous brood of vampire bats. And as for what your brain bewilders, if I can rid your town of rats, will you give me a thousand guilties? one fifty thousand was the exclamation of the astonished mayor and corporation seven into the street the piper slept smiling first little smile as if he knew what magic slept in his quiet pipe the while then like a musical adept to blow the pipe His lips he wrinkled, and green and blue his sharp eyes twinkled, Like a candle flame where salt is sprinkled. And ear three shrill notes the pipe uttered, You heard as if an army muttered, And the muttering grew to a grumbling, And the grumbling grew to a mighty rumbling, And out of the houses the rats came tumbling, Great rats, small rats, lean rats, brawny rats, brown rats, black rats, grey rats, tawny rats, grave old plodders, gay young friskers, fathers, mothers, uncles, cousins, cocking tails and pricking whiskers, families by tens and dozens, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives followed the piper for their lives. From street to street he piped advancing, and step for step they followed dancing, until they came to the river Vesa, wherein all plunged and perished. Save one who stout as Julius Caesar swam across to live to carry, as the manuscript he cherished to Ratland Home, his commentary, which was, at the first shrill notes of the pipe, I heard a sound as of scraping tribe, and putting apples wondrous ripe into a cider-presser's gripe and a moving away of pickle tub boats, and a living a jar of conserved cupboards, and a drawing the corks of train-oil flasks, and a breaking the hoops of butter casks. And it seemed as if a voice, sweeter far than by harp or by tray is breathed called out, O rats rejoice! The world is grown to one vast dry salt ray. So munch on, crunch on, take your nuncheon, breakfast, supper, dinner, luncheon, and just as a bulky sugar, puncheon. Already staved like a great shone, glorious scarce an inch before me, just as me thought it said, come bore me. I found the vaser rolling o'er me. 8. You should have heard the Hamlin people ringing the bells till they rocked the steeple. Go, cried the mayor, and get long poles, poke out the nests and block up the hose. Consult with carpenters and builders and leave in a Town, not even a trace of the rats went suddenly up the face of the piper perked in the marketplace with a first, if you please, my thousand guilties. Nine. A thousand guilties. The mayor looked blue, so did the corporation team. For council dinners made rare havoc with Claret, Moussel, Vindegrave, Hock. And half the money would replenish the seller's biggest butt with Rhenish. To pay the sum to a wandering fellow with a gypsy coat of red and yellow. Beside, coat the mayor with a knowing wing. Our business was done at the river's brink we saw with our eyes the vermin sink, and what's dead can't come to life, I think. So, friends, we're not the folks to shrink from the duty of giving you something for drink, and as a matter of money to put in your poke, but as for guilders what we spoke, of them, as you very well know, was a joke. Besides, Our losses have made us thrifty. A thousand guilders? Come, take fifty. Ten. The piper's face fell and he cried. No trifling, I can't wait. Beside, I promise to visit by dinner time, Baghdad and accept the prime of the head cook's pottage and his rich inn for having left in the caliph's kitchen of a nest of scorpions, no survivor. With him, I prove no bargain driver. With you, don't think I'll bait a stiver. And folks who put me in a passion, May find me pipe to another fashion. 11. How, cried the man? do you think I broke, Being worse treated than a cook, Insulted by your lazy ribbles, With idle pipe and vesture peebles? You threaten us fellow to your worst, Blow your pipe there till you burst. 12. Once more he slept into the street, and to his lips again laid his long pipe of smooth straight cane, and here he blew three notes, such sweet, soft notes as yet musician's cunning, never gave then raptured air. There was a rustling that seemed like a bustling, of merry crowds jostling at pitching and hustling, small feet were battering, wooden shoes clattering, little hands clapping and little tongues chattering, and like fowls in a farmyard when barley is scattering, out came the children running. All the little boys and girls, With rosy cheeks and flaxen curls, And sparkling eyes and teeth like pearls, Tripping and skipping, ran merrily after, The wonderful music with shouting and laughter. Thirteen. The mare was dumb and the council stood, As if they were changed into blocks of wood, Unable to move a step or cry, to the children merrily skipping by and could only follow with the eye that joyous crowd at the piper's back but how the mayor was on the rack and the wretched council's bosoms beat as the piper turned from the high street to where the visas rolling its waters right in the way of their sons and daughters however he turned from south to west, and to Koppelberg Hill his steps addressed, and after him the children pressed. Great was the joy in every breast. He never can cross that mighty top, he's forced to let the piping drop, and we shall see a children's top. When lo, as they reached the mountainside, A wondrous portal opened wide, As if a cavern was suddenly hollowed, And the piper advanced, and the children followed. And when all were in to the very last, The door in the mountain side shut fast. Did I say all? No, one was lame, And could not dance the whole of the way. And in after years. If you would blame his sadness, he was used to say, It's dull in our town since my playmates left. I can't forget that I'm bereft Of all the pleasant sights, they say, Which the pipe also promised me. For he led us, he said, to a joyous land, Joining the town and just at hand. Where waters gushed and fruit trees grew and flowers put forth a fairer hue, and everything was strange and new. The sparrows were brighter than peacocks here, and their dogs outran our followed here, and honey bees had lost their stings, and horses were born with eagles' wings, and just as I became assured, my lame foot would be. Sp- Peedly cured the music stopped, and I stood still and found myself outside the hill, left alone against my will, to go now limping as before, and never hear of that country more fourteen alas, alas, for Hamlin, there came into many a burgher's pate a text which says that heaven's gate opens to the rich. At as easy rate, as the needle's eye takes a camel in, The mayor sent east, west, north and south, To offer the piper, by word of mouth, Wherever it was men's lot to find him, Silver and gold to his heart's content, If he'd only return the way he went, And bring the children behind him. But when they saw, t'was a lost endeavour, and pipers and dancers were gone forever, They made a decree that lawyers never should think their records dated duly, if, after the day of the month and year, these words did not as well appear. And, so long after what happened here, on the 22nd of July, 1376, and the better in memory to fix, the place of the children's last retreat. They called it the Pied Piper's Treat. Where anyone playing on pipe or tabor was sure for the future to lose his labour, nor suffered their holstery or tavern, To shock with mirth a street so solemn, But opposite the place of the cavern. They wrote the story on a column, And on the great church window painted, The same to make the world acquainted, How their children were stolen away, And there it stands to this very day. And I must not omit to say, that in Transylvania there's a tribe of alien people who ascribe to the outlandish ways and dress to which their neighbours lay such stress, to their fathers and mothers having risen out of some subterranean prison, into which they were trepant long time ago in a mighty band out of Hamlin town in Brunswick land, or how or why they don't understand. 15. So Willie, let you and me be wipers of scozards with all men, especially pipers. And whether they pipe us free from rats or from mice, if we promise them aught, let us keep our promise.